Hi, we're Angie and Anna Lee, and this is Brain Basement, a podcast where two friends who used to do yoga together in a basement now chat about chaos and wellness. As moms, we understand chaos. As expats, we get what that chaos looks like when you take it overseas. From Manila to San Jose, we share stories of living abroad and explore topics around mental and emotional well-being. This podcast is for expat moms who want to find wellness amidst the chaos of everyday life. We get what that chaos looks like when you... (laughs) It said looks like. Welcome to Brain Basement. We're so glad you're here. I mean, I'm glad to be talking about it. I mean, that's it. That's what we're doing, right? We're supposed to be here. We have talked about creating a space to share the things, like the uncomfortable things and the things that, um, you know, you could get judged for. I feel like if I said this to somebody who wasn't you, I would be scared to say that because maybe they would think I was not being careful enough or thoughtful of people who... I mean, people who have died from this illness. Well, and we both take it so seriously, but even like share, like, I'm not going to share that with everyone, you know, because I, I don't want to be judged. I don't want my friend to be judged, Mm -hmm. but like every situation is nuanced too, you know, and everyone's trying to do, I'd like to believe that majority of people are trying to do the very best thing. Um, Anyway, but yeah, I, but I feel like it's helpful to talk about it because like everything on, you know, this podcast, we try to talk about things that maybe are normally bottled up or kept hidden, Yeah. but become really troublesome because the fact that we're not talking about them in life. So hopefully this is caught with some grace. That's so true. Yes, if I was having all these feelings and ideas, but I couldn't say them out loud to you, uh, that would definitely feel worse for me. Like I can feel that pit in my stomach of worry that I can't tell anyone. Um, Okay, so to kind of segue into the, the next phase of this discussion, what I was thinking about this week, I told you I'm reading that Moonwalking with Einstein book by Joshua Four. And he is talking about the brain and it's really focused on memory and almost these, he's a journalist checking out these memory competitions that are like spelling bees for people who have developed techniques to use their brain's capacity to remember, which I don't think of myself as having a good memory at all. I would say I forget things easily. Um, So people are able to look at pictures and memorize pictures and memorize a shuffled deck of cards and memorize 52 random words and then memorize a poem a 15 minute poem and they do it all in 30 minutes. I mean, I don't know the specifics, but it's something like this where it had me thinking about our brain, which is what we talk about all the time and how we really can deliberately 
strategize and use our brain when we focus on it. And we just think of it as like, this is my brain, it's happening. Just like we think of our heart and our liver or we don't think of them. They're just working in our bodies. And we don't realize that we have such control over or any control over really our breath, our brain. We can use these things that are happening in our body. And the other point to that was, as he's looking through memory, he realizes that your new experiences create stronger memories. So that if your day-to-day experience is sort of a pattern that is predictable, you don't distinguish between one day or the next. What happened last week is the same as this week, is the same as two years from now. But when we have new experiences, those are ingrained more into our brain. So we think about vacations, you think about unique situations and surprising things or important moments where you were at 9-11, how you can remember things about that moment and period of time. And this is so true for me because my memories are all connected to where we lived at that time, which house were we in, what climate were we in? Was that a Costa Rica memory or a Bulgarian memory? Where I asked the kids, do you remember this? And they'll say, oh, that was in Japan. And, and what he studied was that these memories in our mind, the more that we have of them, it actually feels like the more life we have lived, which was so interesting to me. Mm. So I love this idea, of course, because we're expats and we move. So I want to believe that our moving and and constantly having these new experiences has some positive effect in our life. So that was fascinating to me. Sorry, I just went on a huge, long monologue there. (laughs) Annalise is still here. I fell asleep at the end. No, just kidding. I am so with you. It's like fascinating to me. Um, Okay. So I'm going to like, I was like writing while you were talking. So can I say this, that from his research, he's saying that new experiences slash just times in our life where we experience a change, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Equal stronger memory. Like our memory is actually enhanced like not our long term we're not like developing our memory stronger mm-hmm. um but we have a stronger impression on our memory by having okay. more experiences so we have okay. a library of more yes. memories yes okay and then because we have that an outgrowth of that is the perception that we have lived a life that was rich and full, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really fascinating. I mean, even when I describe to someone like all the places we've lived, even just that, just like, you know, named them in order, people are like, oh my gosh, you've lived such a rich life, you Mm -hmm. know? as opposed to, you know, if I would have stayed in the same place, 
I, I, I guess I wouldn't have known, I don't know how to, I wouldn't know how to chronologically yeah, explain to someone the last, you know, 10 years or 15 years, but I'm like you, um, I don't have the greatest memory. I wouldn't say that I, I do, but I think this lifestyle helps me track better mm-hmm. what has happened in my life versus if I were to have stayed in the same place. And even I look back and because we had so many changes, I mean, I, we, I definitely feel like we've lived a rich life. It hasn't always been like daisies and sunshine, but certainly it is not boring. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's one thing we all can check the box. Our life is not boring. Sounds and, like a low standard, but um, in the book, the way that Joshua Ford describes it is as we think of our childhood, and no one as kids is thinking that year flew by or where did the time go. Um, mm-hmm. I specifically remember as a kid thinking this takes too long. And there was waiting and like periods of boredom, which of course I don't have now because we have screens everywhere. Um, but I, there is that idea that as we get older, we're always saying time flew by. I didn't know how fast it went. This year went faster than the last. And, and especially elderly people are saying, I don't know where the time has gone. The time has passed. And so the idea was that as a child, we, we have unpredictable days. We have different things happening each day and we're, you know, having a play date with a friend and then our school's going on a field trip and then we're swimming at the pool. And so it's just fun, new ish experiences happening so that you are creating that new experience lifestyle and as you are older and your days get more routine that's when the there's less new experience happening and you sort of don't remember what you had for breakfast two days ago because it was just part of your rote living lifestyle and you're doing the same types of things most days yeah so do you think it's like, does he suggest in the book that that um, transition into more routine days is in any way like unhealthy because we aren't we aren't experiencing more and more change as we get older, or is it just kind of happenstance? Like that's just how it goes. And I mean, he wasn't making a prescription in the book or advising one way or the other, but just the awareness of how you are more present and it's it's almost like that living in the moment of being in the moment when things are new you are yeah. more likely to be looking around experiencing that moment feeling that moment smelling the smells noticing where you are in that moment in time and really having that experience and that 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 was what ended up forming a memory. And if it's something forgettable, um, you don't notice it. You, you just yeah. aren't present with it. Mm-hmm. And the way I was thinking too, the way this is relating to me now, this I'm in a very uncertain place because we're in Ukraine 
There is all the Russian aggression at the border. This is in the news. All of our family and friends are reaching out to ask us if we are okay. There is a lot of rumors happening within the expat community of whether we will go to ordered departure, authorized departure, or some form of family members are recommended to leave or whoever wants to stay can stay. We have no idea. So basically there's been no decision made, rumors happening for months, and I don't feel very stressed. <laughs> so all of the friends and family are reaching out and it feels like a situation where I maybe should be stressed. And I thought, I just really believe that our life will be okay either way. I can very clearly picture that we, if we all showed up in Virginia, we would settle in there. Um, we would just shift over. We would connect with friends. I would continue my work and my business. I would you know, enjoy my days there, connect with our family. I imagine we will all get Omicron. I can see it all happening, but it doesn't feel terrible or awful. And I can also picture this idea that we will stay here and some people will leave and it will be a smaller group staying and see how that goes. So I'm deciding not to worry in this. I'm deciding that either way, it's going to be fine. And now I realize that's very intentional of me. I could very easily be in this situation and say, it's impossible to be calm. Uh, I have to panic. This is a crisis. My kids yeah. are stressed. I am stressed. It's a stressful situation. There's no way around it. I could say all of those things, but um, I'm just choosing to believe that either way we will be perfectly fine. And I can feel it. It's enough that I'm not just telling myself. I just naturally feel that that way. And so I'm noticing that as a difference than the way some other people are reacting and not feeling calm and certain. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what that says. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm interested, like, where do you think that that feeling of we're going to be okay stems from? Do you feel like you've always had that, that reflex to respond to uncertainty in that way, especially through the foreign service life? Or do you feel like this is kind of a new-ish way of looking at something that could potentially be disastrous and is disastrous for the people around you. Oh, that's funny. So I would say that I probably all my life sort of had a probably a more optimistic perspective. So I would say that it's, it's natural for my normal inclination to be when there would be some disaster or upheaval would be like, well, it's fine. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll work around it. But now I have like next level awareness of that. If I was 20 and that was happening and something awful was happening, I would cry and, and be upset and be really mad about it. And I would still think this, I'll get over it. I'll prove them wrong or I'll do 
you know, make it work and all of this. Um, so now it's like settled peace within me where I don't even have like the cry and rally against it as like, no, why is this happening? This shouldn't happen. This can't happen twice. This isn't fair. I, we just evacuated Azerbaijan. It's not fair to happen to my little kids, all those things mm -hmm. where I yeah. don't have that at all. Now I would just be thrilled to walk into the Oakwood. The Oakwood is like one of my favorite places in the world. Yeah. <laughs> People hate, but I love the internet is on, the electricity is on. I don't have to set up one thing. Everything is comfortable. There's friends around. It it would be fine. So that's either like a, a win for my low expectations and low standards, or it's a win for really just getting intentional in my brain and deciding that it's going to be fine either way. Mm -hmm. Well, and it feels like from what you're saying, you're not forcing yourself to feel at peace right. and to be happy with the situation. It feels like it's naturally happening within you from what I'm gathering. Yes. So that's what's so funny, right? It's happening. It's natural. And then I'm only just realizing it now, like as more and more people continue to reach out as like, oh my God, you're in crisis. This is terrible. I can't imagine what you're going through. That happened for a few weeks. And I kept being like, yes, you know, we'll keep you posted. Everything's okay for now. Um, and then I realized like, oh, I really do just believe it. I'm not forcing myself to mm -hmm. think like, okay, this is a crisis, but I'm not going to panic. I will just focus on the good and be, um, be positive. There's none of that. It just, I'm at a place where it just naturally, once the idea came up that we might move again, or we might leave for a while, mm -hmm. I instantly just felt like, okay, that, that would work. We'll figure mm -hmm. that out. Yeah. Well, it's cool because like, I have so many thoughts. First of all, like this is just not a normal reaction to struggle. You know, you're like define the human brain because our brain naturally wants to respond in a way telling, communicating to us that we're not safe and that yeah. there's a problem and that something needs to be fixed. But the fact is like something in you is naturally not tapping into that and yeah. it's not reflexively like doing that. And then I also think it's interesting just as like people, and I think this stems from our negativity bias that's in all of us, but then we like add drama to the negativity bias and it's normal for us to look at a situation that feels objectively wrong mm -hmm. and create a story around it that it's only natural for everyone to freak out because this is inherently a bad thing. Yes. You know? And so when I hear that you're not reacting like that, it's like, oh, like there are options here, yeah. you know, yeah. like it is inherently not great that there's political unrest in Ukraine. And you know, that Russia and Ukraine has issues like not great. Anyone can get behind that, but, but to realize that 
it doesn't have to mean that my life is over or like in complete catastrophe or that my kids experiences will be shattered Mm -hmm. um, because of this. Yeah. And And I think it would be easy to hear me say this and like think something is wrong with Angie (laughs) or her brain is not doing its job because she should be in protection mode. This should be um, concern mode. And so I, and I don't want to say that my, my brain is doing the right thing. That's, that's very possibly true that maybe I should be in concern protection mode, but I really sort of, I can walk through my apartment and think, okay, if everything in here needs to get packed up, like I can go down the road of worst case scenario. What if we get evacuated? What if things continue to escalate and we aren't able to come back? Um, I don't think any of that is going to happen that way, but I can picture it and think, okay, if someone else comes in and packs up our stuff that happened in Baku, it will show up somewhere one day and we can figure out our next move from there if that happens. So it does, it does feel like, I feel like I'm aware of the concern that I have. I'm not living in a rose colored, buying rose colored glasses, thinking it will all be perfect. And this, you know, we nothing bad will happen and we certainly won't have to deal with any of this. I'm thinking we will have to deal with it, but I'm thinking also that's manageable, that's Mm -hmm. doable. And it's just like my deliberate focus of thinking immediately, we can do that. That's not so bad and we'll get through it kind of carries through to like, okay, if that happens, we'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's not your first rodeo, you know, like you've had big challenges in your life and, and you've been able to see that like life went on. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so valuable. Um, Well, it's a good thing too, when we're going through that crisis, when I was in Baku and it did, it felt like an absolute gut punch and I was crying every day and it was felt like we were being wrenched out of our home and community and support. Everything was in upheaval. When we're going through those things, I would like to think this will be useful one day mm-hmm. there was a yeah. purpose here or this wasn't completely meaningless pointless pain mm-hmm. so if uh, if something good could come from that it would be that i did learn a lesson that we can go through upheaval and pain and we can change and shift and figure out a good solution on the other end yeah Well, it's not like the first time I've ever heard this either. You know, like I can think of other people that have shared something in their life that they've been through that's really hard or that they're currently going through. Like even people that like, you know, had a loved one that was going to die and they knew it and they just express like, but for whatever reason, 
I'm really at peace about it. Or mm-hmm. I just feel like everything's going to be okay. And I don't know why I feel that way. Cause I should be feeling this, Yes. but for whatever reason, I feel okay. Or, or like, you know, plug in any life situation. I I've heard this before and, um, it's not to take away from other people who may be like your friends and neighbors who are really struggling, you know, with the idea of authorized departure. Um, what's the other one? OD. Ordered OD. Yeah, yeah. ordered departure. Cause like everyone's experience is different and valid and very like, that's mm-hmm. your experience. But I just think it's fascinating to think that, that there are options mm-hmm. and one event doesn't equal the same response for everyone. Yeah. And I, I think that's really it. It's just recognizing whether, even if you know it's going to be painful, even if if my kids were a different age, I might, I'm sure I would be thinking differently about this or how will I, will they understand what's happening or how will they ever define home if each time I explain what home means and they feel home, it's ripped out from under them. All of these reasons. And then remembering that we don't have to go to everything's fine and wonderful and amazing, but just this is hard and we will be okay. Like mm-hmm. we talked about before those, and it's okay. Yeah. Thinking if I can just focus my brain on the idea of this will all work out. Mm-hmm. We will all be okay at the end of this. Mm-hmm. That is so I'm, a, I'm a better person. I'm like, living my life better today. I'll be living my life better as we're getting on the plane. I'll be living my life better when I show up. If I'm thinking this will all be okay. Yeah. More than this is a disaster. Yeah. I'm at the end of my rope. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the phrases I repeat to myself when I'm in these situations is we're fine until we're not. Mm-hmm. And I always chuckle at it because it doesn't sound super inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> but for whatever reason, it really works for me. Like we're we're doing fine right now. And we might not be doing fine in five minutes, but we're gonna deal with that in five minutes. But now I'm picturing I, that as our next cross stitch pillow. We need the the cross stitch pillow that says we're fine until we're not people come into your house and they're like oh that's okay (laughs) either you weirdo or that's like the most depressing thing I've ever heard and I feel like but I feel like this this really connects well with what we were saying in the very beginning with COVID and the fears we have with how it'll shape our kids because it helps me to feel like there's all these different stories I can choose about what's happening right now. And, and, you know, COVID is terrible. Like it's just, it's terrible. And what it's done to our planet and people on our planet is terrible. You know, whether it's been a death or just all the ripple effects and even just the rise in anxiety and that we're we're just mentally and emotionally maybe not as resilient right now, but at the same time, 
like I look at things happening and what we were saying earlier, you know, so my kids maybe are more flexible now because they're used to things being canceled and then we're filling it in with something else. And okay, just a second, okay. Um, you know what I mean? And I yeah. feel like if I put my energy and my thoughts there, like, okay, you're right. Super disappointing that we can't do your birthday party this week, but like what, what's another story that we can choose to adopt right now? Yeah. It is also true that helps us function out of just a healthier place. Mm -hmm. It's not taking away the fact that we were super disappointed. Yeah. But like, where does that lead me? Like, what are my next actions out of disappointment versus let's kind of get, maybe we could get creative with this. Right. Or like, what about the idea that all of our kids are going to appreciate their life so much differently that we we didn't have an appreciation for the freedom of parties and concerts or getting on a plane without being tested or planning a vacation without feeling 60% likely that it was all going to get canceled. It's like, what if our kids, what if this does end up being a gift, like this trauma that we're putting them all through, which really doesn't feel like a gift. This does not feel believable to me now, but what if it could result in every, in our kids really appreciating their life and just loving the things that they do get to experience when we're over this, when we figured it out? Yeah, absolutely. And who knows what we're headed for, you know, that, yeah. that we can just apply all the things that we've learned through COVID and things we've developed to mm -hmm. whatever we face, but I mean, just an example of this really quick, we traveled, you know, for the holidays and I felt like, you know, maybe it was my imagination, but at the same time, I felt like my kids enjoyed that break so much more oh, yeah. because it just felt almost like COVID didn't exist for a while. Yeah. And, um, and we were in a place where we could spread out and do things, you know, independent of what was happening mm -hmm. with COVID and, and, um, and I think the enjoyment level for all of us was just like, I don't know, it felt heightened, like, Ooh, we can appreciate this a little bit more because in regular day-to-day -day life, like the grind, it's, yeah. there's a big difference. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And maybe we'll all like uncle Ed will be a little less annoying because we're all just so happy to be with family. Like they, they're, yeah. I'm sure are ripple effects that are good things too. We're just, it's hard to see them. Yeah. Um, I should wrap up because I have another call in 20 minutes and I need to go have pizza with my kids, but. Sounds good. <laughs> I have a little friend coming in the room. So <laughs> but that was a good chat. And I feel like it got my brain going for the day. <laughs> yes. You've got to listen to that moonwalking with Einstein book is that what it's called it was so, that's been on my list for so long and I keep scrolling over it because I 
was not interest that did not look interesting to me at all and now it's really interesting yeah um it feels like a vote for foreign service life too because we're changing all the time so they'll have to go listen yeah it had nothing to do with but I just choose to hear that through. <laughs> oh that means moving is good yes it really that. that was what he was saying though um okay thanks Annalie good to talk to you thanks, thanks everyone for being here and listening For joining us here at Brain Basement, Annalie and I appreciate every one of our listeners, and we're just glad to share this time with you. If you would like to connect more often and join our circles, please check us out on Patreon. You can Google search Patreon Brain Basement Podcast, and you will find there any membership level that suits you. You can join us for $1 a month and you can join us for $4 a month or $20 a month, depending on how involved you want to be. This is our idea for creating a community where we can actually connect with one another, where we can share in a closed and respectful of your confidentiality space. So we're charging $20 a month for the highest option there because we hope you would join us and put some commitment in. I find that when I join programs for free or at a low cost, I just don't pay attention to them. So we want this to be a thoughtful investment where you have to consider plunking some money in and plunking some time and effort and energy into creating the kind of friendship circle that you can rely on, a friendship circle that is there for you no matter where your location is. And that's what we are creating here. Wishing you all some more space in your brain, some freedom in your breath, and lots of connection to all of you. Thank you.